a great God. Thank you, Jesus, for all you have done and continue to do for us. Now, Father, we pray your blessings upon this preparation, upon this proclamation of this word. Use it, Father, to your glory and for your honor and for the edification of your people. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Once again, our text for today comes from Psalm 1, and I want to uh, just read several of those verses again that Pastor Harris so eloquently read. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight His joy, in other words, his enthusiasm, his satisfaction is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he does, shall prosper. One preach today from the subject, the blessed man. The blessed man. Psalm 1 is one of the most popular psalms in the Bible. We've heard it quoted. Some of us have, have quoted it. We've become familiar with it. It's a psalm about the two roles of man, a very simple psalm, not complicated to understand. It's about the road, the two roles of man, or as titled in my Bible, the way of righteousness and the end of ungodliness. In actuality, it talks about the blessed man, the blessed person, the blessed dad. The psalm begins with verse 1. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Here the psalmist skillfully draws a word picture of the man, of the husband, of the father, who is careful not to begin walking down the slippery slope of falling under the influence and the affluence of those who reject God. That's what the psalmist is doing. It can be the man, it can be the woman, it can be the child, it can be the husband, the father, but the psalmist is extremely clear. As the psalmist paints this very vivid picture of of those who need to be careful, of all of us who need to be careful, especially fathers today who need to be careful not to begin walking down that slippery slope of falling under the influence or the affluence of those who reject God. Notice the downward progression. It's, it's It's a progression the psalmist skillfully paints a picture of this progression. It begins when 
a man chooses to walk in darkness. Walking in darkness is a choice, you know. You know, you remember the song, the song that says, walk in the light, the beautiful light. Well, walking in the light is a choice as well as walking in darkness we choose. And so the psalmist began telling us that uh, this downward spiral in life uh, begins when a man chooses to walk in darkness by taking advice, guidance, counsel, or directions for life from immoral, unethical, unprincipled people who reject the word, the wisdom, and the ways of godliness. That's when the dying wood spiral begins. It begins for the man, for the father, for the person who chooses to take advice, who chooses to follow the guidance or the directions for their lives, chooses to take that advice from immoral people, from unethical people, unprincipled people, people who reject the word, the wisdom, and the ways of God. And there are many people who fit this category. You listen to them on the news. You listen to them uh, on television, at the movies, at your job. People who outright reject the wisdom, the word, and the ways of our holy God. Psalmist says, avoid that. Avoid that counsel. Now, many of us, as we look back over our lives, will find that often the times when we have gotten ourselves into trouble, the times when we made poor decisions, bad choices, the times when we blew wonderful opportunities were the direct results of taking somebody's bad advice. Times when we allowed ourselves to be influenced by the wicked and warped decrees and doctrines of tainted thinking people. Think about it. The times when we have made bad decisions, poor choices, things that we live to regret even this day happen because we allowed the wrong people to get in our heads, to influence us with their wicked and warped decrees, their doctrine, their ways of thinking, their tainted thinking. We allowed it to influence us. So the psalmist holds up a warning sign for all of us on this Father's Day for young people, for middle-aged people, for older people. He holds up a warning sign, a flashing red light that says to us, to men, to women, to boys, to girls, specifically to fathers, this day, stop, look, and listen. Y'all remember that? We learned as a child, 
Our teachers taught us in elementary school, perhaps even in kindergarten, because many of us in those days walked back and forth to school. My wife is amazed that, that as a kindergartner and as a first grader, I crossed a busy street, Barhamville Road, and walked almost a mile to school alone. And so my caring teachers would say to the class and to me, you stop. You look and you listen before you cross the street. Use your eyes. Y'all remember, don't you? Use your ears. And then use your feet. Well, the psalmist is saying, stop, look, and listen. Use your eyes, your ears. Make sure that the counsel you receive is coming from the right sources. And then use your feet. The psalmist says, in unquestionable terms, no exceptions. That if you want the joy, the favor, the increase of God poured into your life, and if you desire to reach your full potential, and if you want to be all that God wants you to be, stay away from the counsel, the advice, the directions, the guidance, the philosophies, the ideologies, and even the theologies of those who reject God and cannot see life from his holy perspective. Notice verse 1 again where the psalmist writes, nor stands in the path of sinners. You see the downward progression continues when a man or when a father or when a person deliberately chooses to stand in the path of sinners. That's when specifically today talking to men and fathers, that's when we make it a practice, a pattern, a priority to spend social leisure and recreational time and quality time with those who reject the principles, practices, and priorities of God. The psalmist says, if we do, we are on our way down. Those who choose, those who make it a practice, Fathers who make it a practice, husbands who make it a practice, a pattern or priority to spend social time, leisure time, recreational time, and quality time with those who reject and refute the principles, the practices, and the priorities of God are on the way down. Why? Well, as I thought about reasons that I could share, this thought came to my mind. The thought came to my mind to, 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 to share one of the best known answers to the question of why 
recorded in the annals of biblical history. Why should we not spend quality time, leisure time, social time, recreational time with those who purposely reject God? More specifically, reject our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, don't be deceived. Paul said, don't be deceived, don't be fooled, don't be hoodwinked. Evil company corrupts good character. Did you get that? Evil company corrupts good character. That's why moms and dads tell children, be careful who you partner with, pair up with, buddy up with, choose to hang out with. That's why my grandmother used to always tell me when I grew up and she said, you be careful who you get in the car with. You know, whoever you get in the car with, they are in the driver's seat. You can yell and scream and protest, but the truth of the matter is you go where the driver takes you. Be careful. Paul means when he said, don't you be deceived. Don't fool yourself. Evil company, bad company, corrupts good character. Be careful, dads, who you hang out with. Be careful, dads, who you bring to your house. Be careful, dad, what you allow yourself and your children to watch on television and at the movies. When our kids were younger, I found myself leading my wife to watch programs that were of uh, a uh, mature nature, not anything that we would consider X-rated or, 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 or extremely bad. But I began to, to, to say to my children, now you go to your room. And we would watch a program. And then... The Spirit of the Lord brought it to my attention. No, if they can't watch it with you, don't you watch it. And that even through television and movies, bad company corrupts good character. You see, dads, we must be careful about the company we keep. All of us must be careful about the company we keep. For you see, it's one thing to work on a job with people who don't know Jesus. It's one thing to go to school with people who don't know Jesus and and even spend time in the company of people who don't know Jesus to share our faith. That's one thing. But to casually kick back and enjoy the atmosphere and the environment of those who have no interest in Jesus Christ, no intentions of submitting to 
the Savior who gave his all for them by suffering and bleeding and dying on Calvary's cross for the penalty of their sins. To hang out with them is a totally different story. Again, the psalmist flashes a neon light of warning like a railroad crossing with signals, fathers, don't even go there. Look again at verse 1. The psalmist writes, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The downward progression continues with the picture of one who has gradually had his spiritual senses dulled. His heart has become hardened over time and almost without realizing it. To sit means to receive teaching and instruction from those who have only scorn and ridicule for God and the ways of righteousness. The scornful will have no use for Jesus Christ or his church. In fact, they deem the whole Christian experience as non-applicable to their situation, to their lifestyle. The psalmist says to men and to fathers, to all who are wise and desire to be blessed by God, stay away. Don't become entangled, entrapped, intertwined, influenced by those who reject a holy and righteous God. The psalmist says when we avoid the slippery slope of partnering with the ungodly, the benefits will be tremendous. So he starts off, if you will, with a negative. He, he brings out positive by presenting negatives. He says, don't, don't, don't. And if you don't, you will be blessed. And then he somewhat shifts gears in Verse 2 and verse 2 becomes a transitional statement between the don't and those good things that will happen. Verse 2 states, but his delight is in the law of the law. He loves that word. He studies that word. He can't get enough of that word. He is hungering and thirsting to hear a word from the Lord. But his delight, his, his joy, his satisfaction, his great pleasure is in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And in his law, the psalmist says, this blessed man meditates day and night. He's thinking about it. The message is clear. The blessed man. The man who finds favor with God, the father who finds favor with God is the man, the father who finds deep satisfaction and enjoyment in consuming God's word. He reads it, he meditates upon it, he thinks about it, he internalizes it, he processes it, and then he lives it out on the playing field of life. He shares it with his wife, he teaches it to his children. That means 
the life-giving word of God is a consistent part of the blessed man's diet. And don't you know you can tell what a man consumes by his output? You can tell what a woman consumes by her output. You can tell what a child consumes by their output. We are what we eat spiritually. You can tell a whole lot about a person by the license plate, by the bumper stickers on their cars, uh, on their trucks. You can tell a lot about their character, their nature. You can come to know what they are consuming, what is ingrained on the psyche and died into the fabric of their character just by their output. Notice verse 3. The psalmist gets more specific in identifying the blessings. The psalmist writes, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You know what that means? That means he will be a strong husband a strong father, a strong dad. He will be stable like a tree. You know, a tree tree might blow a little bit in the wind, but an oak tree will stand because its roots are deep. The blessed man has deep roots in the word of God, in his relationship to God. He is stable. His wife can count on him to be stable. His children can count on him to be stable. One of the greatest compliments my daughter, who is now 35 years old, paid to me not long ago. In a card she sent me, she wrote, Dad, thank you for providing a home where I felt safe. I felt safe. Fathers, that's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear from your sons and your daughters. You want to hear, Dad, thank you for providing a stable home. A home where anything didn't go. A home where I felt secure because I knew in and everybody could not come there. A stable home where you love mom, took care of mom, provided for mom. A home where you led with the love and the grace and the strength and the wisdom and the dignity and the grace of God. That's what you want to hear. A blessed man is a man where his wife and children can depend upon his character and his judgment. His word, yay, is yay, and his nay is nay. No in-between, no second-guessing when he speaks. They listen and they trust him. That's what the psalmist is saying. You be like a tree. Verse 3 continues. A tree that brings forth fruit in this season. The blessed dad 
will be a fruit-bearing day. The, the fruit of the Spirit, that love and, and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control will flow from his life. In the world, when we look all around us and we hear and we see men and women who will say anything and do anything and participate in anything, the psalmist says, no, no, as a blessed man, your life is different. Your speech is different. You bear good fruit. You bear the fruit of, of righteousness. That's what God is looking for in his church. In a church that's, in a world that's turned upside down, people need to see men and fathers living for God, dedicated to God, standing up for God, being the men that God wants them to be. Blessed man to bear fruit in this season. And the psalmist says great things will flow from his life to his family. He will provide stable leadership as well as the tangible support his family needs. One of the things I'm more intent now than ever about after been, having been preaching for 41, going on 41 years and pastoring uh, is, is, is sharing with young couples, especially our young ladies and fathers. You can, you can drive this point home to your children. Make sure that before they get married, make sure that the person they are marrying is godly, who can provide godly leadership and can supply support for his family world you gonna marry somebody and you only have a home to take them to no job no house no no apartment no no income fathers guard your daughters Help them understand that what they want in life is a blessed man. They may not be able to see it, but you help them see it. You need a blessed man, not just a man. You need a blessed man. You need a man that loves the Lord. You need a man that will provide support for you, take care of you, put a roof over your head. Verse 3 concludes, and I love this, whatever he does shall prosper. Yeah, yeah, whatever he does for the Lord in the service of the Lord, and whatever he does to, to help grow himself grow in the Lord shall prosper. It has no choice. It's got to prosper. Dr. Williams has been teaching Bible study on Wednesday nights in, in the noontime of Romans 8, 28. And a couple weeks ago, she was on this point of Romans 8, 28 begins, and we know. And I tell you, my wife, all of South Carolina up there, while she and back, she kept saying, and we know. 
that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, those who are called according to his purposes. And one of my favorite sayings, Dr. Williams, about that text is that it's got to happen. It ain't got no choice but to work out for your good. God said it would. So whatever he does shall prosper. It's got to prosper. Brethren, if your hand is in God's hand, it's got to prosper. You trying to take care of your family? It's got to prosper. You trying to live for God? It's got to prosper. You trying to be a holy man? It's got to prosper. If you lose one job, don't worry about it. God says it's got to prosper. He'll give you another one. He'll give you a better one. He'll make a way out of no way. Whatever you do for God, it will prosper. The blessed dad will have the favor of God upon his life. And men, let me tell you something. The favor of God is on your life is better than anything this world can offer. Your money can't be God's favor. Your job can't be God's favor. Your car can't be God's favor. Where you live can't be God's favor. Your political allegiance and alliance can't be God's favor. Nothing is more important in life than God's favor. I love the favor of God. I pastor under the favor of God. No way I could have been here and done what God has called me to do without his favor. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there ain't nothing worth more than the favor of God. The Bible says the blessed dad will have the favor of God upon his life. That is, God will prosper him. And make him a blessing to his family, to his church, and most of all, his life will bring glory and honor to God. So here's the challenge for all of us. Do you want to be a blessed man, a blessed woman, a blessed person, a blessed child? If so, Let us follow the direction of the psalmist. God has spoken. Let the church say, Amen.